0: Radioinfluence.com.
1: Oh, he got him in the white trunks. He hurt himself. Beautiful. Oh, God. That's beautiful. He's got it. Yeah. And he forced the top. Wow. And here's a mission. And it's all over. It's oh, all over. First round knockout. He's out. Rich one Franklin retained his belt. The one thing that I never thought in a million years would happen happened. The champion. The challenger. Here we go. This is the MMA Report with Jason Floyd on Radio Influence. Welcome in to the November 20th, 2022 edition of the MMA Report Podcast. I am Jason Floyd. It is the interview edition of the MMA Report Podcast, and I've got a pair of interviews come up here. On this edition of the show, you're going to hear from a man that's going to be a part of the co main event on at Unified MMA 47. That'll be on December the 2nd. And that is Devon Brock. I had a chance to catch up with him, get to know him, and talk to him about his matchup here against Tom O'Connor in the co main event of Unified MMA 47. Of course, a couple episodes ago, had another fighter that's going to be a part of that Unified car, uh, Ali Sharkey. So if you missed that interview, be sure to check that out. Also, you're going to hear from a prospect. Out of the lab there in Arizona, Marcus McGee. He is coming off a third round. TKO win at Cowboys versus Cajuns three earlier on this month. So I had a chance to uh, catch up with him and talk to him about that victory and what has been going on with him as this, uh, the second time I've had a chance to catch up with Marcus, but boy, the last 24 hours in mixed martial arts have been a very interesting 24 hours as I was sitting here in the home office and I'm watching UFC Vegas 65. And of course, yeah, you know, really kind of the, the big storyline uh, prior to the bigger storyline was that there was these rumblings that Derek Lewis or Sergey Spivak was not going to happen. Of course, we know that fight did not happen, a non-COVID-related illness for Derek Lewis. So the UFC lost their main event yesterday, and of course, ultimately the main event, Check Incheku goes out there and gets the win there against Ion Kutalaba. And, uh, you know, so I, I was watching the entire fight card. You know? And you know me, if you've listened to the show before, I, I've talked about how much I love afternoon MMA but really the big storyline came out of the Miles Johns post-fight interview I'm sitting here in the office and it's one of those interviews where you know sometimes you know with those post-fight interviews maybe you're not necessarily paying attention as you normally would and and it's one of those things of I sit there I go hold on did he just say that his coach James Krause was not able to corner him that he had uh you know been pulled from the card and suspending him and you know and as that happened the, the what i tweeted was miles john's revealing that james kraus was pulled from his corner and suspended dot 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 raises a lot of questions going to be interesting here if this was a ufc call or a call from someone else. And then, of course, uh, then the story kind of progresses with David Payne Purdom of ESPN.com uh, sending out a tweet saying that uh, multiple sources told ESPN that the UFC denied credentials to coach James Krause, who was expected to be in the corner for fighter Miles Johns today. Krause, they know better, was in the corner for the November 5th fight. That was five for suspicious betting and is under investigation. Then uh, I ultimately had a tweet where I, I I wrote this. I said, UFC denying credentials for James Krause to be in the corner for Miles John speaks volumes about what is likely happening behind the scenes. Also makes me wonder how far the investigation by the U.S. integrity has progressed. In my opinion, this is the biggest story in MMA. And then on late uh, Saturday night, I see David Payne Pernum put out this one, and I was like, "Holy crap!" Has this story taken another turn? As he tweeted at 9:06 p.m., New Jersey Division of Gaming Enforcement notified the state sports books today that they are prohibited from taking bets on fights that James Krause is involved in, quote, as a coach, trainer, promoter or fighter. Now, James Krause is a promoter in his home state of Missouri, uh, as he has got his own show there, FAC. So when I saw that one, I was like, holy cow. And I will tell you, like, look, I'm not making any assumptions on James Krause, but I'll tell you this right now. In the court of public opinion, people have made their mind up about James Krause. You know, time is going to ultimately tell whether or not James Krause is involved in anything questionable you know and you know this article that's over on espn.com a uh, great piece written by Mark Ramondi, there was a, a couple of things that, that stuck out to me in this article the first one was, it says, sources told ESPN that Krause has not been formally suspended by anyone, but the UFC and Nevada State Athletic Commission concluded that Krause should not be cornering fires while a UFC bout he was involved in. Shyamalan versus Miner on November 5th is under investigation, according to sources. Krause was informed of the decision Friday night at, at the dinner table, and that was according to Miles Johns. And of course, it goes also in the to note what the New Jersey Division of Gaming Enforcement did uh, when it comes to their licensed sports books. Also, this was a statement from the UFC to ESPN.com says the wagering activity around the Minor and land bout from November 5th remains under review by our betting integrity partner, Don Best Sports. At this time, we have no information that either of the athletes involved in the bout or anyone associated with their teams was involved in any wrongdoing. And the article in uh, saying that Dan Mullen, who is the executive director of the Nevada State Athletic Commission, uh, couldn't comment on why Krause was not in Jones in John's corner for the fight with Vince Morales. And I mean, look, this is a massive, massive story. It's a massive story. And, you know, I was texting with various people last night. And, you know, the one thing that I said, I was like, you know, if you're James Krause, at some point you have to come out and you have to make a statement on this because being quiet on this story is just going to fuel it. And look, and I say this all the time, perception is not always reality. Sometimes it may be, but it's not always reality. And that was the thing that when I was looking at you know, kind of this story. is like, if I'm James Krauss, man, I got to come out and I got to make some type of statement, whether you go to a PR person, whether you go to a lawyer, say, Hey, I've got to put a statement out there because right now in the court of public opinion, James Krauss is viewed as someone who is involved in something that he shouldn't be involved in. And, you know, I also said this, I said, when you, you know, I'll, I'll, I, there's so many things I can say here. One thing I would say is I wonder what's going through Bram Moreno's mind right now. I got to imagine that if it's not happening, it's happened here in, in the very near future, That Bram Moreno is going to have a sit down with James Krause. And, you know, Krause, who publicly went on the Ariana show and talked about how he makes more money betting on fights than he does coaching fighters. Maybe James Kraus has to make the decision. Do you do you want to have a gambling podcast and and a gambling Discord or do you want to be a coach? And look, it's as I said, I'm not making any assumptions when it comes to James Kraus, but right now it just doesn't look. I mean, like when you look at you know, I I go over here to my mentions and you know, I mean, look the the tweet I had yesterday has just gone crazy. And, you know, just looking at some of the responses um, that I got, you know, like I'm just like, I'll read a couple here. It says, I'm sure Krause is not the only one betting and connected to the UFC. I mean, look, I, I think a ton of people in the mixed martial arts industry are betting on fights. The question really becomes is, is there anything questionable? You know, like when, when you're talking about a fight is flagged by Sportsbook for suspicious gambling that's telling there. Um, you know, other, other, uh, tweets that I got here. Um, this one says Ludwig told the story of Master Tong betting on Uriah Favor on Joe Rogan's podcast. Check it out if you haven't. I've I've not seen that one, but yeah, I'll definitely have to uh, go back and, and look at this. Uh, you know, like uh, this uh, one tweet was, I want to know details. I mean, look, I, I think we all want to know details. We all want to know what exactly is going on here. Um, another one from, uh, this is from uh, Frank. He says, James Vick during... His winning streak prior to the Gaethje KO and the UFC washout slash retirement talk openly on multiple major podcasts about how he always bet his entire show money on himself before every fight. I was always amazed that it was tolerated. Um, Look at some other ones here um, that, that stuck out to me in terms of uh, some of the comments there. Um, one was interesting what Bram Ray was going to do. Uh, he has a championship fight coming up and Krause is his coach. It's very much, I mean, look and I responded to that tweet saying, I think if you're every glory MMA fighter, you, this is, it's gotta be a conversation because, and and probably, I mean, look, if I'm a glory MMA fighter, you know, I'm probably going through the the channels to have the conversations, whether, you know, m- maybe the conversation starts with the matchmakers. Maybe it's, it starts with Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard. And maybe then it goes to Hunter Campbell. Maybe then it goes to Dana White. But I think if you're a glory MMA fighter and you have a fight coming up and James Krause is your head coach, you probably have to sit there and ask the UFC, go, okay, you know, am I going to be able to have James in my corner or... For the foreseeable future, is he just not going to be in there until this investigation is done? You know that there's a lot of things there, and look, you know, it's—I don't think this story is just going to magically go away. I will say this: it's going to be uh, very interesting to see how this story is ultimately covered by the mixed martial arts industry and you know looking you know some some of the comments uh, that I got on, on Twitter uh were definitely related to let's just say it's been a rough couple weeks for James Krause, not just uh with this uh with the things Megan Anderson has, has said I, I want to say that I want to say that maybe she she said it maybe on Twitter I'm not quite sure right now, um, but look, it, this is the thing is like, to me, this is the biggest story I may, and, and unfortunately for the fighters who competed yesterday afternoon in Las Vegas, that their performances were overshadowed by this, but it, the, to me, this is the biggest story there. And like I said, I'm not making any assumptions about James Krause, you know, well, let's see how this investigation plays out. But man, there is, I, I think that when you, you go back a couple weeks ago when the UFC put that initial statement out, my mindset was they're going to make an example out of somebody at some point. I didn't know how soon it would be, if it would take a while, or if it was going to be something we would see you know, in, in the very near future. Now, is the UFC doing, if, if James Krause did nothing wrong, boy, the UFC has really treated him dirty here. I mean, let's just be honest about it, you know, because the stink is going to be on James Krause for some time. I mean, let's just, let's be honest about that. that The stink is going to be there. So we'll see how this thing plays out. Of course, on Friday night, we had the Bellator card and uh, man, uh, I sure as hell was wrong on that main event. I, I thought that it was going to be the coronation of Corey Anderson, and boy, was I wrong on that one. Corey Anderson, kudos to him, and uh, ex- excuse me, kudos to Vadim Nemkov and what he was able to do to stop all the takedown attempts by Corey Anderson and really taking out that league leg of Corey Anderson. He looked tremendous uh, in, in his in that matchup and retaining the title. Of course, now he's going to defend the title on February 4th against Joe. Well, Romero, that will be the car that's going to be on CBS, going to be headlined by Ryan Bader and Fedor Milianenko, the rematch. I will tell you, man, I've been it seems like I've been hearing for two years that Bellator is going to go on CBS and uh, potentially a, a, a changing moment for Bellator here with that fight card. Apparently, um, you know, I guess uh, Scott Coker said they're only going to do three fights on, on that fight card, which does make sense We already have uh, two title fights. So maybe if they don't add, say, a third title fight, maybe it's a, a Chris Cyborg-Catsangano fight. Uh, I would say this, man, if I was them, I, I would put Michael Page on that card. Put Michael Page, you know, you know find him a, a fun striking matchup. Maybe, maybe you sign Mike Perry. Maybe you bring Mike Perry in, and uh, you do that matchup there between those two guys. Of course, we saw those two guys go, go to battle there in bare-knuckle boxing. But, uh, you know, of course, uh, in the co-main event, Usman Nurmanga Madoff goes out there and becomes the Bellator lightweight champion. And uh, just, I mean, look, uh, a one-sided... Domination by Usman Amagomadoff. Uh Patriki Pitbull. You know, I, I said it if you if you listen to the previous show I did on, on Fight HQ, I, I mentioned about the fact of that I felt that Patriki was going to have to be the aggressor. He could not sit back and, and be a counterpuncher. And he wasn't the aggressor in the matchup. He had, you know, a moment here, a moment there where he pushed it, but just really you know, never, never got anything going. And you got to give Usman manga Madoff uh, a ton of credit for what he was able to do. Because, I mean, look, he just, he went out there and did what he needed to do. It was uh, a great performance by uh, by Usman or Maga Madoff there in the co-main event of the fight card. Uh, also, I uh, got to mention Daniel James going out there and beating Tyrell Fortune there. Uh, man, you talk about uh, it, it looked like towards uh, you know about the four minute mark or so that Tyrell Fortune was going to get a rear naked choke submission. And somehow Daniel James, uh, you know, is able to defend the submission attempt and and then he ends the round just with massive ground and pound. And then ultimately finishes uh, Tyrell Fortune at the twenty seven second mark of, of round two. And, and I tweeted about it. I said, I was like, look, if, if I was Tyrell Fortune camp, I might be making a little you know protesting some of those strikes to the back of the head. But uh, kudos. to to him uh, in terms of that one, uh, you know, uh, you know, I mentioned, uh, unfortunately, uh, the Lucas Brand fight uh, did not happen. It was canceled uh, a day or two before this fight card uh, happened. Uh, but Sullivan Colley, he looked great getting a victory in 61 seconds against Jay Raddick. Also, uh, Archie Colgan goes out there. He only needs 50 seconds to get a win. Jordan Newman gets a second round submission. Those are the three guys when it comes to prospects for Bellator that were a part of this fight card. To really pay attention there, uh, but man, it was a uh, it was a good night, a good weekend, of mixed martial arts action. I've Got to tell you that, man, it was good action. You know, sitting home on Friday night watching the Bellator card, and then of course uh, yesterday afternoon watching the UFC card. You know, I mean, look, uh, unfortunately, and I mentioned this earlier, it's it's unfortunate for the fighters who were a part of last night's card the fact that um, you know the the event was overshadowed by. What was going on with James Krause? It's unfortunate. You know, Kenny Ejeku going out there and, and getting a victory. Um, you know, you look at Muslim Salikov getting that victory there in the third round. Jack Dell Madalena. Good Lord, man. Boy, that guy. Oof, now with 3-0 in the UFC, all those victories coming by first-round stoppage. Man, that is a guy to pay attention to. You got to imagine that he's going to be on that Perth pay-per-view card there uh, in uh, what's that, February 12th, I want to say um i want to say 11th something like that whatever that is um of course that's uh it's actually on, on super bowl weekend there you know you had some questionable decisions on, on this fight card the charles johnson decision win um the other decision win that i know everyone was kind of um it was another decision oh the the ricky Turkios uh decision was the other one that people looked at and said eh, i don't know about that one but uh you, you did had uh you know i gotta give uh Kudos to my guy, Pete Rogers Jr. He, he had mentioned he thought that this was going to be a card that would ultimately have a ton of decisions, and that's what's happened. Of course, no UFC event coming up this week. We do have a PFL event. Their PFL World Championships, of course. That'll be on pay-per-view coming up here on Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Kayla Harris and Larissa Pacheco, of course, the main event of that fight card. Of course, this will be the third meeting between those two guys. Also got Aspen Ladd making her PFL debut. Uh, I will tell you, I will not be watching this one live, Uh, you know, um, if you're new to this podcast and you don't know, um, I shoot you straight. I shoot you straight. I, I don't BS you with it. I think that, uh, you know, look, it's uh, I'm a Florida State fan. Florida State plays Florida on Friday night, so that's what I'll be doing. I'll be sitting on the couch watching uh, FSU in Florida, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how well that thing does on pay per view. And, of course, our next UFC event is going to be December the 3rd, UFC Orlando, which is going to be headlined by wonder boy Thompson and Kevin Holland, but let's get right into the interviews as a uh, first you're going to hear the conversation I have with Davon Brock, who's going to be a part of the unified MMA 47 card on December 2nd. And then you're going to hear my conversation with Marcus McGee. Joining me now here on the MMA report is one of the men that's going to be in the co-main event of unified MMA 47. Come up here. December 2nd, man. appreciate the time. Uh, It's a Friday afternoon as we're talking. And, you know, we're under under a month away from this fight. So, uh, you know, kind of uh, are you starting to get to that point in training camp where you're like, man, I'm tired of punching my uh, teammates. I'm ready to go, uh, you know, punch and make some money here?
0: No, I said I'm a pretty active fighter, man. So when it gets around two weeks out or a week out, I get very anxious. We're two weeks from today, baby. Can't wait
1: do you view being anxious as a good trait, bad trait, somewhere in the middle? Uh,
0: I mean, me personally is a good trait. I mean, so um, I don't really see it as a good or a bad thing, to be honest with you. It's just, you know, just knowing when, when something's coming, so I must get a little anxious, almost like Christmas, a little early Christmas. <laughs> like, you know, when you're a kid, Oh, here comes Christmas around the corner. You know, you know, it's coming, your mind's been on it and nothing but time stopping it.
1: You had this – well, it was a a unified post, which it was a quote from you about this fight against Tom O'Connor where you said, a dramatic finish, a dramatic knockout is what I see. Maybe a TKO, but I definitely see a finish coming. Um, Is it just something that the way you view Tom as an opponent that you just kind of feel like there's just going to be those openings that um, you just kind of look at this and say, man, it's going to happen?
0: Um, I mean – of course, that's part of the deal, but at the end of the day it's myself. I look at myself. I look at the way I've been training. I look at the way I operate and yes, of course, like I said, it's part of the deal. We look at the matchup and everything and um it's just yeah, I just I see it. That's what I want and that's what I'm gonna go after.
1: In terms of stylistically with this matchup, you know, when when Unified comes to you, offers this fight, and, you know, you start to obviously break down your opponent and, you know, look at what he does well, what he doesn't do well, and all that. What about the matchup stuck out to you of of why you like it?
0: Um, I mean, just people, to be honest with you, me, myself, a lot of people have yet to really see what I can do. And I feel like I'm just now getting in my bag and exposing that. And to be honest with you, you'll just have to wait for that night to really see, you know. I I get <laughs> you, so I get much you. I haven't exposed to my game. Yeah, so much to my so much to my game that I haven't exposed. But um, yeah, I'm ready to bring it all out.
1: See, I look at that as a good thing, you know, because like you, you talk to guys who you know they're working in the gym and you know they're working on you know, one fast of the game or another fast of the game, and you know sometimes they'll say it's it's like this you know, you have these things in your tool bag, but you don't have to bring out the tools because it's not on film. Like, is that, is that exactly. a way you, it, like, that's the way you look at it and say is like, man, there's so much in my tool bag that hasn't been exposed that it, it's basically like kind of like this version of you of fire that they just have no idea. It's out there. Exactly.
0: Exactly. It's a whole nother person that, you can study. You can study for this person that you feel like you've seen and feel like you know and got the raps on. And then at the end of the day, when you get in there, it's a whole different look. It's a whole different person. Then it's like, who the hell is that? <laughs> you know. <laughs> but that's pretty much how. I pretty much that's pretty much how it's been going, and I'm just I'm I'm ready to just keep showing it, keep showing it, keep showing it, and show the world. At the end of the day, you know. So.
1: Now, when you think of Tom's abilities as a fighter and look at what he does well and things that you know you're going to have to, uh, you know, contain, avoid in this fight, what's, what do you think he does the best?
0: Uh, I feel like he grapples um, really well, you know, and he's one of them guys that are like, that doesn't go away. You get what I'm saying? So he's one of them guys that you just have to, really shake up, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, <laughs> it's just one of them guys you got to just put away, you know, because he's one of them guys that just stays at you, stays coming. And um, he tries to throw different things out there, tries to mix it up with some of the combinations. And when I said mix it up, he'll try to throw something that you're not looking for or even something that isn't how could I put it? Fundamentally, you know, sound at the end of the day, it's like, oh, what, where'd that come from? You know? And um, I actually think it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I like his style. It's fun. Yeah. I like because he got his own little style. Like, you know, at the end of the day, it's um, some, some fighters you get, you'll try to see them be like somebody else or whatever, but he comes out and tries to be himself.
1: 2022 has been an amazing year for you. Like as you think of 2022, how do you describe it for yourself?
0: Um long time coming. I mean, to be honest with you, it's just like I said, me personally my hiccups in the past have all been more mental than any any physical. No um discredit to my opponents or anything like that, but very much mental, more so mental. This game has been uh, we're a, a very eye-opening game, showing me, like, that fighting is more than just a physical thing. Like, it's way more mental. It's way, it's way more into it than just getting in the ring and fighting at the end of the day, you know? And um, just putting all of that together this year has really just exposed what I'm capable of more so. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just... three times in almost a month and a half less than a month and a half and coming out un you know i'm saying unharmed god bless you know and just really putting on shows at the end of the day pretty much winning by landslides you know it's 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 just something i've been capable of and i'm just glad i get to show it now and i'm in a much better mental space
1: was it the John Paul fight that that made you you know start to understanding about I mean obviously there's a huge physical component of the sport, but the mental side or or was it even before that?
0: um it was actually even more so before that. It was more so coming into wraps of how to deal with some of the mental sides and still continue to prosper and do well in the sport and just push past all of that kind of things. Mm -hmm. Like me, I don't come from, my background is very much different from a lot of these guys. Uh, you know, I started at 21, 22 years old. I don't, you know, and no gym experience, no whatsoever. And where I come from is just like, it's not, it's not normal at the end of the day. Um, you know what I'm saying? I love my area. I love my section. I love where I'm from. But at the same time, it's just, you know, I've I've had to deal with some difficult situations and still push through fighting just as much as um, a lot of these other people have, a lot of these other fighters have. But I feel like I kind of got like more so of that, that survival story a little bit deeper than most do. Because so much behind the cameras that are not getting put out there, you know what I'm saying, and that I don't even put out there. The day of even that John Paul fight, there was so much going on that day, like dramatic experiences with my family, Mm -hmm. Uh, like very deep. Like I'm talking about very, very deep, like, you know, life risking, life, you know what I'm saying, everything. It's just so much more that comes into play with the sport. But like I said, no discredit to what my opponents could have done but because once you get into that ring, all of that is supposed to just go out the door. But you know what I'm saying? Like I said, at the time, I was still trying to learn how to deal with all of that and still push through, you know?
1: Obviously, there's going to be fans who are going to tune in to watch you in this fight on UFC Fight Pass that, you know, maybe this is going to be their first time, you know, seeing you compete, or maybe they've seen some other fights. And you mentioned about that there's so much about, you as a person that is not necessarily out there, what would you want those fans to know about you?
0: Um, to be honest
1: with you, I'm a,
0: I don't I don't know that's a great question. To be honest with you I'm not very I'm not very uh, out like you know what I'm saying An out there type of person. I'm a little bit more of a closed book, but at the same time. You know, I want them to know why they call me dangerous.
1: So why do they, who, okay, who gave you the nickname dangerous?
0: Actually, my uh, my uh, previous coach, Coach James, he did, um, but yeah, he gave me that name dangerous. I mean, just from seeing and knowing what I'm capable of and just in the gyms and true, I'm, Outside of the gyms, at the end of the day, it's just, you know, the things you've seen me done. Some of the tops, you know, I've sparred some of the top in the world. Like, you know, and um, I handle myself very, very well. I, I'll shock anybody, you know, and it's, and, it's, and it's shown. And like I said, I'm just pretty much ready to show the world at the end of the day.
1: You, know, you talk about you know showing what you're capable of like if like if we're talking like you know a scale 110 obviously 10 being you, you you have shown what you're capable of where where do you think you're at on that scale right now of showing the world what you're capable of doing inside competition?
0: <laughs> I'd say about like a five or a six if that mm-hmm. yeah, to be honest with you and that's not even just trying to scare anyone but it's like I've literally, ah, man, like these, like I have a particular set of skills that I just do not really just go out and show. Don't get me wrong. I understand that it comes with a lot of other fighters too, because I've had teammates that I'd be looking at like, bro, you're not the same person. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like what are you doing in there? Get it, wake yourself up. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's that mental side of the game that, you know, um That most most people that don't fight are are not really in the game, don't understand. Like you know, they'll they'll just see the win and the loss and be like, ah, you know what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, not even knowing what the process of it of all of it is, and all it could be true bat weight cut. It could be this, this, and it. Like you know. It could be your mom just died. It could be your, you know what I'm saying? Family member just really, you know, it's just a lot. It's a lot that comes with this sport, man, that distract us all from really putting out our true potential. But that's what separates the best from the rest of the group.
1: You can tell me if I'm wrong here, but it it seems like I get the sense that when you go back and watch your own tape, that part of you might go, why did I do this as opposed to that? Am I wrong? in just in that assumption
0: oh of course I mean you're dead on you're dead on like I mean even if you even if you watch the John Paul fight you know what I'm saying that's actually my teammate now and that's a guy like I really got a lot of respect for that guy right there we help each other out um all the time like we're training partners now but even him being a world- class jiu-jitsu person. And he puts me in the arm bar, I slam him to get out the arm bar, and then I go back to the ground to (laughs) to fight him on the ground.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, that's just like, you know, one on one. (laughs) Like fight IQ one on one right there is like, why'd you do that? You get what I'm saying? So it's that situation, multiple situations, you know. Um um It's just a lot. It's a a lot, man. One of my other fights, I mean, me personally, I felt like I still won that a root fight, but that is what it is. But I drop him, and then I let him get up, and I end up taking him to the ground. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what? what? Like, you know, I look back at it like, Devin, what are you doing? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what are you doing? you just, you know, going with the flow. But the weirdest part about it is it's like sometimes me personally, I even have a set of – skills on the ground that I have yet to expose Uh you know and I feel like me personally I've, I've always paused and listened to the outside world about oh this this and this you know what they are on paper and what they're capable of or done to the last person and it's like then I feel like that becomes a part of the game like where you'll freeze up like oh you know what I'm saying? And almost when it gets right there where they're going for their favorite move or whatever the case may be and you're like, Oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. You get what I'm saying? Instead of actually working, doing what you actually know what to do, you know, that's a whole side of the game that I feel like is 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 neglected at the end of the day. You know, a lot of people sit there and they know exactly what to do but still get put in the move just because of who the person is, you know. But
1: training with a former opponent, do you pick his brain on going, Hey man, when you were fighting me, what were you thinking? Like, dude, all you, do you try to find that mindset of a former opponent to maybe to just kind of give yourself that knowledge of, okay this is what people are looking at? Or or do you just go, man, hey, that day, you know what, man? He just got the better of me. I, I know what happened. I, I don't even have, have, have that question with him.
0: Um, Not fully broken down as in word for word like you put it. But we've had the talk in a sense, you know, because we're training with each other on a daily basis. I feel like he gets better and I get better. We're different people. You get what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, yeah. we're not even the same people as that fight day. So, hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, to be honest with you, he's opened up a whole different book of skills that I've seen, you know what I'm saying? that man has grown tremendously. And uh, I feel like I have also just off of being, being able to train with them, Like, it's like, you know, you go up against Jitsu people and you're like, Okay, the basics, the basics, the basics. The basics actually goes out the window with him. Like you know, it's he's going the wrong way of things. He's doing unorthodox things like flipping, turning, and certain. You know what I'm saying? And going for I don't, um, actually his last fight for LFA. I don't even know the damn name of the move, but you know what I'm saying. But it was so, it was so. You know what I'm saying? Awkward and different. That is just, you know, it's, it just kind of it helps me be aware of all of the type of things that I'm going to see in the future, you know what I'm saying? And the things that I'm trying to get better at at the end of the day, you know, and not just, oh, basic rear naked choke, this, this, and this. I'm talking about crucifix, different things. like, how the heck you get me in a crucifix when I'm, you know what I'm saying, on top of you or, you know what I'm saying, different things like that, yeah. like. You know, it's just, it's just seeing moves coming from a different area and being able to pick, uh, um, somebody's brain like that is something I'm actually very much grateful for at the end of the day, because this is much more of a sport for me than it is, um, of an ego thing, Mm -hmm. you know, because, um, where I come from, we fight every day. Um, it's actual lives being took where I come from and, you know what I'm saying? Like it. I actually understand why people say you live to fight another day. You know what I'm saying because mm-hmm. it's that saying is it's very rare. Like you know, we don't over here in these these streets right here. It's, it's cold. You, people aren't even fighting anymore at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like you know, so um, basically, basically, like yeah. I mean, especially I could put it that Eagles out the door, being able to pick his brain for me is actually an honor. You know.
1: Now we talk when we talk about life outside of fighting. I was told about you're a basketball guy. So, I mean, let's just say you're you know you're playing a little one on one with one of your boys. Are, are we a jump? <laughs> are, are we a jump shooter? Or are we no? We we take the ball to the hole.
0: Uh, I'm actually man. I got high IQ. I'm gonna do it all. Uh, I'm do it all. Like me personally, I'm. That's why I say even even in basketball, I didn't get to really show myself. And that like you know so I'm really trying to get feels of sports well not still but back then like me watching myself in high school and me watching myself now like cause me I'm a bucket I'm a walking bucket man at the end of the day and I and then I play a really great defense so um I'm always I'm super eager to win I got high energy when it comes to winning so I'm very in tune so at the end of the day I'm I'm playing to win, so whatever it takes, I'm gonna go be that guy. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah, I'm getting the bucket. Whether it's a jump shot, not, some days I ain't missing. Some days <laughs> I may miss one or two, but I'm going. I'm going for the finish. You know, at the end of the day. But,
1: I was yeah. I was I was definitely a shooter. I, I was I was more the the shooter. Nestly, you know, they trying to bang the bodies down low.
0: Yeah. Oh no, I could get in there with the biggest I mean don't get me wrong. I am not crazy. Like when it comes to six foot nine, um, if I can't stop you before you get to that block, you know, it's kinda it's not too much you can do besides foul, but I'm not giving you nothing easy, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Speaking on one on one terms, for sure, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's one of my favorite sports right there. But you you were a shooter, you played <laughs> in high school? Yeah. yeah.
1: Nice, nice i would say you, 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 you the, the thing that i did not realize before high school you know, cuz i played basketball in my life was the amount of running we did holy cow we did so much running so much running
0: oh yeah you must have hey like, you must uh, tried to go back and play
1: <laughs> like 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 literally i all- uh i was watching yeah, um i was watching last chance you the basketball um documentary on um on Netflix day, and they were doing suicides. And anyone who's ever played basketball, organized basketball, everyone hates suicides.
0: So you threw up if you did something wrong. <laughs> yeah, and,
1: and, and, the, and the question is, did you have the coach that would say, go to the free throw line? Or did you have the coach that said, no, you go from baseline to halfway to the free throw line and back. Then you go to the free throw line and back.
0: Mm, that volleyball line. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, that's that that's that. People don't know about that. Everybody don't know about that. That's funny that you said that because I my uncle made us do that. My uncle was the guy who really got me into basketball. And man, when I was like I argued him to death, like that is not a suicide. The suicide is the free throw <laughs> But he, he was uh, – um, he actually played in Alabama, won four state championships, um, and was in a book back in his uh, generation called Who's Who. Like
1: mm-hmm. there
0: was a book called Who's Who, and he was in it, one of the top point guards in the nation.
1: And,
0: uh, yeah, he worked us like we were that same team or something. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's, that's the one thing I tell people, man. Bass, basketball players, you got to have cardio because, woof, so much running, so much running. But, uh, like, because I, I, you think What's about that? it. Like, you think about those abilities you have on, on the basketball court. What has translated the best into professional fighting?
0: Um, several things. Just um, the not wanting to give an inch. You know, mm. you got some players that are – Real lax when they play defense and then you got some players that are more physical i'm a very physical guy when i'm playing you know what i'm saying and i feel like that has generated a lot for me to the ring um and then also just even iq have an iq of what's actually going on even though it's a one-on-one sport but just being able to pay attention to to weak spots at the end of the day like you know because mm-hmm. people forget that you know we all pretty much are learning the same thing and then that becomes this game becomes a game of chess how many moves ahead are you you know yeah. what i'm saying when it com- when it gets broken down at the end of the day and some people some people are just really stuck at the basics and then you got some people are that are checkmating you in three moves <laughs> You know,
1: it, it, yeah. it's- it's funny you say that because um, a couple months ago, I remember I was talking to this fighter and, and they had brought something very similar uh, analogy and they had said, you know, MMA is a problem solving business that you're going to have all these various problems. And it's like, how do you piece this puzzle together? How, how do you piece in a way for you to get your hand raised a- at the end of it? And, and you know, I've never really looked at it. In that way, but I was like, damn, that that's spot on. It, it's all about you've got all these pieces, and how do you ultimately put them all together to finish your opponent?
0: Exactly. Exactly. And that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. And you'll see them pieces come December
1: second, we will we will see that. Of course, uh, everyone can watch this uh, live on UFC Fight Pass. I appreciate you coming on the show. Of course, uh, uh, let me know where they can. You know, you know, follow you on social media. Those sponsors are helping you out, man. The floor is yours, man.
0: Almost definitely, man. First and foremost, shout out to Upgrade Management. My guy, Julian, down there, he's doing a hell of a job with managing me. Um, you know, shout out my family also, too, just not to leave them out. But my Instagram name is Devin, D-E-V-O-N, Dangerous Brock. That's on Instagram. Uh, yeah, Shout out Real Flex CBD, man. One of the sponsors that I'm tying in and working with pretty soon. So, yep. Thank you. Appreciate you.
1: Joining me now is a man who is coming off a victory at Cowboys versus Cages 3. Marcus, man, congratulations on the victory. First off, man, uh, it, it's been a little bit of time since we've had a chance to talk here, man, but you got the victory there. And, you know, I, obviously you walked to the fight and, you know, you had your, your thoughts of how you thought it would go. And, and, and sometimes those thoughts always don't naturally play out the way you thought. Did this fight play out the way you thought? Uh, yeah,
2: yeah, I kind of did. Uh, I didn't really know much about the opponent because I took the fight on short notice, so I didn't know much about him. I just kind of looked him up, and just looking at his style and his speed and everything where he was, I kind of figured I'd find a knockout at some point. Um, but yeah, you know, again, it's always a surprise when it actually comes to fruition, you know? I didn't think it was going to be just necessarily like that either, so.
1: What goes through your mindset when a short-notice fight is offered?
2: Am I ready? (laughs) You know, like, I've already... I've been training hard, so I was already ready. I, I knew I was ready, but, you know, it's always that, that thought in the back of your head, like when you get something six weeks out and you have that same thought in your head mm-hmm. constantly for six weeks in a training camp and everything, it just feels like you're in a whole different level of shape than just like, oh, no, I've been doing two or three days constantly and training hard, you know?
1: In a way, is it easier to take a short nose fight because the 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 mental anxiety of a fight maybe it's just not i mean you're thinking about for a very short amount of time as opposed to like you said you know six weeks out from a fight
2: yeah yeah i think so you know you don't have to think about the guy for you're not thinking about him forever you're just like all right i'm fighting next week so instead of sparring grounds i'll be jumping in the cage and going live with somebody else so uh, that part of it I was talking with my buddies and I was like yeah I think that part of it actually is a thing you know you don't have to think about it you're just getting there and doing what you like to do anyway so
1: you mentioned about you know hey I made a decision to take this fight what was there a little bit of kind of like I need to get back in there I need to get this bad taste out of my mouth at all or is it just like not my ass want I just want to get paid and, and fight
2: yeah a little bit of both like I've been I've been itching at the it's at the bid, just try to get into get another fight. So that's something that I've been wanting to do. But uh, also, I just wanted to right some of the wrongs from uh, from my last fight. So it was definitely nice to get back in and get after it. You know, just to to dust that off of me. So and I, I just wanted to be active. I wanted to fight at least four or five times this year, and I mean I was three times. So uh, if I didn't get that fight, it might have only been two times. So it was like, all right, the plan is still kind of in motion.
1: I mean, so is the door closed on four fights this year, or are, are you just kind of hoping maybe that, maybe that someone picks up that phone? Uh,
2: you know, if it happens, if it, if it happens and it makes sense, then uh, I'm up for it. So, no, I didn't close it off for the year. Uh, I just kind of looked around at the competition and seeing how everything was playing out and uh, kind of figured it wouldn't work, wouldn't happen. But I know that LFA is coming back out here in January, and I know that's one of the ones that we're trying to shoot for. So, that might be what's closing it off.
1: You know, uh, right before you here on the show, I had, had a man who he's won a couple fights in a row following a loss. And, you know, he said, like, you know, one of his biggest takeaways from that loss was the mental side of this sport. That obviously there, there's a, a physical component, but he said, he goes, you know, I, I just never had realized how much I have to look at the mental side of this sport. It, it was that a takeaway, you know, from that, that previous fight or, or did you because you, you mentioned about, hey, there were some hurdles you need to get past.
2: Yeah. And there was honestly, uh, the mental side of it too, was, was big for me just cause I felt so good going into my last fight. You know, I felt like I was really locked in and then, uh, and then still even being locked in had a mental lapse, you know, and it just, it kind of showed me that being present every moment, especially inside of the fight is like extremely important, you know, not, a not underestimating or overestimating the moment, mm-hmm. just being there for the moment. So there was a big mental mental battle for me. Uh, I knew I could do better after the fight. You know, I knew I could perform better after the fight, but it's like that doesn't matter. You only get 15 minutes if that's what you get. So it's like after it's all said and done, you just got to kind of eat it and move forward.
1: Is that one of those things, like, like as you think about, like, you know, say earlier on in your career, like, you know, when you go in for a fight and, you know, yeah whatever happens in a fight happens in a fight, but you were able to get through it. Is, is it one of those things of now that you look back on says, man, like this was there previously. I just didn't see it.
2: Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. And I, I for me, it was a good learning experience. I, I, f- I feel like it's true. You learn more from your losses than you do from your wins. You know, and it just, it makes you approach everything and, and have to sit down with yourself and figure out where, where your inadequacies are and where your strengths are too you know so um I think it was more beneficial for me I know one wants to lose fights but like if you can lose and learn then that's then that's plus
1: so what's the biggest lesson you took out of this win against Abe
2: uh out of the win against Abe is to listen to my coaches you know like (laughs) I uh my coaches were talking to me they know me you know and uh, they know my strengths and my weaknesses and when they're when they're telling me things I need to follow them because honestly I, I could have followed up earlier and maybe I got the job done earlier and maybe I didn't go through as much uh, uh, as many moments as I went through even during this fight if I just kind of stuck to the plan but you know some of those times we just get in there and we're like getting our head and we get after it and it's like oh You know, they're 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 on the outside of the cage for a reason to to tell us things that we're not seeing. So just trust my coaches and trust what they're saying and and follow up.
1: So that kind of makes me think about clearly they had a conversation with you about this. (laughs) Is there something like do they sit there and go, hey, Marcus, man, did you not hear us calling for the one two? (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah they did they were like did you just not want to listen basically <laughs> because then they were so loud the whole you can hear them in the video even like they're just very vocal and that's one of my favorite things about john crouch and then randy too uh, uh randy stanky is that they're very vocal they're going to say everything they to say when when you're in the cage and it's almost hard to not hear them even if you're not a, not if you're the other guy so uh it was just me not reacting to the things that they're saying feeling myself in certain moments and and again that back Luckily enough, I I was able to edge it out and figure it out, but, uh, uh, I don't have to go through certain moments. If I just listen, if I just stick to what they're saying and focus on what I need to do, finish these fights a lot earlier.
1: (laughs) So it makes me think about, you know, I I would say I'm my biggest critic, you know, in in anything I do in life, you know, I'm going to be harder on myself than anybody else. Is that you or is coach Crouch your hardest critic?
2: No, nah, I think I'm my hardest critic. You know, I honestly, I'm happy I got the finish, but I wasn't happy with my performance. I talked to coach about it. And honestly, up until I saw the video, I was really, I was like, man, I just felt like I made a lot more mistakes and it just wasn't myself. And after watching the video, I was like, okay, it's not as bad as I thought it was, you know, but, uh, I'm just a different type of fighter than that, you know, and, and I have more, I have more tools in my, in my, in my belt and than, than just coming out just to kind of bang it out with guys. And, I'm not a brawler. Even though I brawl a lot, I'm not really a brawler. So it's kind of it, – it aggravates me when I get into fights and I get in that mentality and I'm just going for it instead of just using my technique to set things up and then they'll come, you know?
1: You know, I work in the in the football world and the thing that you, you hear a lot from players is the 24-hour rule where the, the the first 24 hours after the game is over, you know what? you assess yourself and then you move on it's on to the next game do you have that same mentality or will it be like three four five weeks from now you still go back on this Abe fight and, and you're still dissecting how you performed
2: no i i pretty much let it go already uh i i i, I I did a 24 hour rule. I do believe in that. Like, don't beat myself up about it too much. Like, you know, we had our little conversations while we we're eating our food and doing our thing after. Yeah. But for the most part, we pretty much let it go. And and then once I get back to the gym, we kind of discuss the things that we did well, the things that we did not well, and the things that we can improve upon. And then after that, it's it's all it's all to the game, is what I call it. It's all to the game because it's just another stepping stone in the progression, you know? And the progression is just there's so much more to do. So it's just like win-lose-a-draw. You know, it's nice to win, but uh, win-lose-a-draw, we would have been going back to the drawing board and looking at the same things and then making adjustments and getting ready for the next one.
1: Now, if anyone follows your social media, they'll see the fact of you're you're a family man with your kids. Do, Do the kids ever try to, you know, throw some jabs at dad about how he performs?
2: Uh, (laughs) they don't even do it on purpose but they do do it yeah yeah they do it all the time it's it's hilarious to hear how they do it because you know they they have no no filter so they just kind (laughs) of say whatever they're thinking so they'll they'll definitely burn me a couple times here and there but it's all good
1: You know, when when Ed, great Ed Cap, great PR guy in SMA industry, he sent me over some things about you. There was one thing that he put in hobbies that I don't know if he's ever sent me before from another fighter. And the hobby was gardening. I don't think I've ever heard another fighter say, Hey, one of my hobbies is gardening. Now I mean look, you're growing your own food own, own food. You yeah, know, great. So how did you get in the gardening?
2: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I actually got into gardening. I did landscaping for a long time and then I was in the cannabis industry for a long time. So I've already, I loved growing cannabis. I still love growing cannabis and I'm here in Arizona, so it's legal to grow cannabis at your own house too. So that's cool. Uh, but, uh, through doing that, I was like, man, you know, I grow, I grow cannabis pretty good, but I really want to start focusing on how to be self-sufficient in mm-hmm. my garden. So you know, I, I jumped into the garden growing squash and kale and carrots and, you know, uh, trying to get some watermelon going and pumpkins and just other different things. Just trying to jump into that. But I've always loved doing gardening in general. I've always loved pruning trees and it's a weird hobby to have, but it's just something that kind of I didn't realize till I'm older now that, it, that I actually enjoyed it.
1: <laughs> Is that, you know, like so many guys talk about like getting your mind off the fight game. And because I mean, obviously it, it's a grind. We all know it is. I mean, you're, you're, you're in the gym, you know, two times, maybe three times a day getting those workout. in. Is that just one of those things that you turn to that just kind of, I mean, I don't know if the right word is say, give you peace, but just get your mind off kind of like whether you had a good day or bad day inside the training room.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you on the peace thing. It's it's like it's a lot of hard work still doing it, but it's like uh, it's like relaxed work, right? It's like a uh, it, and it's almost similar to being in the gym where you know, you're kind of focused and honed in on what you're doing. So all the outside noise uh, kind of dissipates, even the noise of the gym. So when I'm sitting there and I'm having, I'm building these beds and I'm putting the compost in them and I'm planting my seeds and doing all these things, it's almost like I'm so focused on what I'm doing that everything else kind of fades away in the background. So it does give me a lot of peace and just being out there, just going out there and in the middle of the day in between training sessions and being out there with the with the plants uh, feels pretty good too.
1: One of the other hobbies he mentioned is basketball. So if we're, we're playing a little one-on-one basketball, are we a a jump shooting guy, or are we like, nah, man, we're taking the ball to the hole.
2: Oh, I'm going to the hole, going to the hole every time. I've been giving my kids a hard time about that because they're at the age right now where you got a good layup, you can go to the hole. You're gonna you're gonna win games just based off of the basics, yeah. you know. So uh, I just I, I'm a firm believer in the basics, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be trying to take the ball to the hole for sure.
1: So, so uh, are you starting to worry about are we? You, you think the kids might be getting closer? They might be able to beat dad.
2: Oh no, no, not not yet. You know, my son's getting pretty good, but he's got some years ahead of him before he before he gets there. But you know, he always calls me out. He's twelve now, so him and my daughter, my oldest daughter, thirteen. She uh, they both play basketball, so I I be trying to play with them. But uh, yeah, they're not they're not ready to beat me yet. They got to step their game up.
1: <laughs> what's what's that like for you though as I mean obviously you're a competitor in mixed martial arts you know you got your teammates you root for but then you got put you, you put that dad hat on it and you see your kids playing sports like how, how is there a comparison and contrast you make it to, to what you do on fight night.
2: Yeah, I always try to actually bring it in. That's how I talk to them about things just because that kind of gives them the insight on how I kind of view it from my side just because they see me compete at the level I compete at. So uh, I always tie it back to fighting for them. Um, And and they they usually get the point based off how I'm talking about fighting because that's why I always tell them. I was even telling my son on his game on Tuesday, like, you know, you guys are doing a lot of fancy things, but jabs win fights. And he's like, what does that have to do with basketball? I was like, uh, like, a jab wins a fight, a a layup wins a basketball game, you know, stick to the basics, you know, so uh, Ah. it's pretty all right. And they always do stuff with me, too. Like, we just went to the skate park. I'm a skateboarder, too. I skateboarded for a long time. And so I I take them to the skate park, and we'll mess around doing that, too. And I'm always just trying to show them things. And everything goes through fighting, though. Oh, well, fighting.
1: (laughs) You know, it makes me think about something coaches have said to me. It's all about the fundamentals, and, and you know, you know. I, I mean, you use like the, the Henry Hooflang, which is you know everyone talks about the, the Kiss method, keep it simple, stupid, you know. And and that's and like you know, and, and like I've talked to coaches who will coach kids classes who are also fighters, and they'll say the biggest thing they take away from a kids class is realizing how important fundamentals are.
2: It really is. I mean, and it's huge for at any level. Really, if you if you look at the game and any game at the highest level, it's the basics that are really seen, they're seen through everything, you know, like something you wrong, know, you get some Hail Marys that get through and some guys are doing those types of things and the miracles that happen. But the the average winning team is sticking to the basics, teamwork, passing the ball, you know, speaking to each other, you know, layups just normal stuff you know
1: of course you know we're coming up here on thanksgiving uh do you, do you have a go-to uh food item on thanksgiving with a family
2: oh macaroni and cheese is always the win for me out of everything i'll taste everybody's mac and cheese
1: <laughs> you know i, I go to desserts man pumpkin pie for me
2: Oh, pumpkin pie sounds good. Especially if it's like a cheesecake pumpkin pie. Yeah. That's going to be the
1: one. I, I Because like, I'm not a, I'm not a huge turkey guy. I'm just not.
2: Oh. I'm with you on that. I don't really like the turkey. I'll take a ham. I don't think don't, I eat turkey on a regular basis because of my diet, but mm-hmm. if I had a choice between a turkey and a ham and like flavor wise, yeah, I'm going to have to go with the turkey or, or the ham. Excuse me.
1: I, I agree with you. Now, if you tell me it's a smoked turkey. <laughs> All right, I I learned that a couple of years ago. Smoked turkey is like kind of the way to go, but you know, you know, yeah. you, know you gotta tell pops, you know, hey pops, you want to cook for like ten hours or?
2: <laughs> yep, hundred percent. Actually, I've been uh the last two years I've been doing uh fried turkey. Uh, okay. I got a, my mom had like a deep fryer, so honestly, the fried turkey is pretty good too. It's definitely better than baked turkey. I still I still would take a a smoked turkey over that for sure, but yeah, the fried turkey is not bad.
1: No doubt about it, man. Marcus, congratulations on the victory, man. Hopefully it's a great Thanksgiving uh, holiday for you and the family. Of course, let me know can you can find on social media. Anything else you want to mention, man?
2: Uh, yeah, just uh, thank you, my team, Iridium, or my, my management team, Iridium uh, Sports Agency. Thank you to my gym, MMA lab, all my training partners. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, I appreciate you having me on too. And then uh, you can find me on Instagram at maniac underscore McGee. Uh, and then you can find me on Facebook, Marcus McGee. Uh, I got Twitter as well. Twitter is uh, uh, Maniac McGee 07. So those are all my my feeds.
1: And there was my conversations with Davon Brock and Marcus McGee. I appreciate both those men coming on the podcast to talk about from from Brock's perspective, his fight coming up here on December the 2nd, Unified MMA 47. Of course, that's a card that you can watch on UFC Fight Pass. Just looking up at the uh, the fight card here, of course, uh, Brock's uh, matchup against Tom O'Connor. That's a lightweight matchup in the co-main event of the fight card. Also, the featherweight title will be on the line in the main event. Uh, Ali Sharkey, who I mentioned earlier on the show, uh, was guest a couple of weeks ago. He's in a super welterweight matchup. And uh, super wealth away, for those who are not familiar, that is uh, 175 pounds. Unified uh, has really utilized these other weight classes that are a part of the Unified Rules of MMA, including the super lightweight division, which is 165 pounds. Of course, that's a fight card that you're going to be able to check out on UFC Fight Pass on December 2nd. That'll be at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 7.30 uh, Pacific Time there. And uh, I, I got to tell you, man, I'm looking at this. Uh, uh, the fine folks over there at Unified had, had sent me over the the poster uh, for this one. And I, I got to tell you, man, that the part that just makes me laugh about is I, I look at all the sponsors at the bottom and I see OnlyFans. It is, it is very interesting to see how much uh, OnlyFans has become sponsors, uh, in the mixed martial arts arena. But also I do know, uh, I saw, um, you know, more and more fighters, um, are doing things on OnlyFans that are not, uh, explicit content, I guess, would be about the best way to put it. I saw my um, guy, Billy, uh, he's doing, I guess, like a like training uh, type things. Um, I know, uh, you know, so, um, I, I remember, you know, we had John Dotson on the podcast a couple weeks ago and, and he talked about how he did deal with OnlyFans, and he's like, Hey, I'm not doing that explicit stuff. And, uh, I think I want to say, John was saying that, you know, primarily, you know, just a, a way for him to, to interact with fans and, uh, you know, as opposed to interacting with fans, say, on your typical uh, social media platforms. And uh, it does, uh, it, it does sound like more and more uh, fighters are getting involved. in only fans, but every time I see that on a poster, I just kind of laugh about that. But, uh, but of course, uh, that'll be on December 2nd. So you can uh, check that out over there on UFC fight pass. Of course, I appreciate Marcus uh, coming on the show. Great stuff there. Uh, talking with him, of course, uh, training out there uh, at the lab in Arizona. Of course, uh, that's uh, run by John Crouch, of course, Benson Henderson, among others at that gym. So, uh, I really do appreciate you taking time out of your day to download and listen to this episode of the podcast. Uh, next episode of the podcast is actually going to come out on Thanksgiving day. Um, as, uh, I'm actually taking the next couple of days off or "Quote unquote, I don't know if I really have a day off, but uh, taking the next couple of days off, uh, a little family time uh, before we get into the Thanksgiving holiday. So uh, with my schedule and, and Daniel's schedule, who joins me on the midweek edition of the show, uh, we're not going to be able to record the show on Wednesday, which is typically when we record it. So we're actually going to record it on Thanksgiving morning. So uh, hopefully uh, everyone has a great Thanksgiving week. I'm sure um, there's probably like a lot of people probably not working this week, as it's typically one of those weeks where people kind of uh, take time off and and do uh, do some things, and so that's what I'm going to do. I'm gonna I'm gonna be uh, spending some time with the family, enjoy uh, a couple of days here. So uh, of course, uh, coming up on Thursday's podcast, myself and Daniel will take a look back. We'll preview PFL championships. Of course, that's coming up on Friday. If there's any update on the James Krause story, we'll certainly have an update on that story as well. Because uh, as I said, I, I think that this is the biggest story in mixed martial arts right now and uh it is going to be very interesting to see how this things plays out. So I appreciate you taking time to download this, this episode podcast. Um if you can uh, hit that uh rating review while you listen to this Apple podcast Spotify or maybe if you're checking out some of the content we have over there on YouTube uh, you can uh, hit that up at the MMA report subscribe like notify all that stuff I would really appreciate that so that's going to do it for this edition of the MMA report podcast which comes out two times a week on Sunday which is this the interview edition and Wednesday Daniel joins me for the midweek edition as we talk about what's going on in the world of mixed martial arts